With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Trent McWicket is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again, cutting into the margin. But it's McWicket four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Gidea. Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion. 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59 somewhere. Penty rocking in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark is going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Gideon. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again! Tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Don't touch that dial. You've got another action-packed rendition of Hoops Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the Post Time with Mike and Mike Studios in Columbus, joined as always by Mike Bozich. And Mike, what an exciting time of year as we wind down for the Grand Circuit season. We are on the verge of the 2019 Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. Yep, right now, and I'm nominating myself for race call of the year. Let's see. Can I can I do that right now? Can I do that? No, you got to wait until yeah. noon today. The nomination form is available on our Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards mini site. Um, the Wall of Fame, you can see all of the previous winners of the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. And I'll tell you what, uh, it's a big week 
as we get ready to kick off the Post Time with Mike and Mike Award season that will conclude on Thursday, January 16th. That's right, and that will be the Post Time with Mike and Mike Award show. And the nominate the nomination show uh, is on what date, Mike? The award nominations will be announced on Thursday, December 26th, so Merry Christmas to whoever gets nominated uh, for the awards that will take place on Thursday, December 26th. The nominations will open up here in just a little while. Uh, we'll send the press release out and get all that stuff taken care of. Um, they will be open until noon on Monday, December 23rd. That'll give us some time to put everything together, whittle everything down, and get the ballots ready for Thursday, December 26th. And from that point, you'll have a couple of weeks to uh, get to vote, and then uh, the awards will be tallied by a third party, and we will head to the award show on Thursday, January 16th. So lots of exciting things coming up over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's always a fun time. And once again, you can go to posttimewithmikeandmike.com. We've got seven outstanding uh, categories, the Ted Barkas Race Fan of the Year, the Sam McKee Race Call of the Year, uh, Horsewoman of the Year, the Larry Reinheimer Small Stable of the Year, USTA Innovator of the Year, Upset of the Year, and of course the Foiled Again Iron Horse of the Year. And uh, once again, it, we would really appreciate it when you're uh, filling out your nomination form. Of course, you can do so on posttimewithmikeandmike.com, but we would really appreciate it if you give us some reasons why you're nominating uh, a person. I mean, <laughs> please, please, for Mike Carter's sanity... Please give a reason. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be a very detailed reason, of course, but the more details, the better. Uh, just, you know, why you think they should win that particular award, why you think they should be nominated for that particular award. And uh, listen, you don't have to nominate somebody for every category. I mean, if you want to just nominate a couple people for a couple of different categories, a category you may be familiar with, you know, feel free to do so as well. It's all uh, going to be on the website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. But it's a fun time of year, Mike. I got to tell you, I love sitting by the email and uh, hitting the refresh button and seeing all the great nominations we get because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people when they nominate that they put a lot of thought into it. And, and Mike, those are, those are the best ones. You know, it's funny you say that because this year we won't have to sit by the email uh, and look at it. Uh, the uh, our, the Survey Monkey account that we have will actually do all the tallying for us. Um, so we'll have all of the nominations filtered into one local source, and then we'll get an email report at the end of the day telling us who was nominated by whom. So please, 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 and you know, Mike says for my sake, uh, I, I have to write the bios uh, for everybody. So please. <laughs> Make sure that you um, t send a short little snippet in, a couple of sentences. We're not asking for uh, an epigraph here, but uh, it would be very much appreciated if you could submit a little bit of biographical information uh, with each nomination. That's right, and once again, that's going to be uh, on uh, posttimewithmikeandmike.com here uh, in just a couple of minutes. Well, Mike, uh, let's talk a little bit about what kind of show we've got today. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, I got to thinking about this today right before the show started, Mike. The 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 fun shows, the really, really fun shows are when we have people making their post time with Mike and Mike debut, people that are going to be on the show for the very first time. We've got a couple of them today. Driver Pat Berry is going to be joining us, and he's just a couple of wins away, Mike, from career win 4,000. There's a majority of his driving right here at uh, Harris, Philadelphia. I call him the long shot king of Harris Philly because, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, he's, he's certainly got a tendency to bring in a lot of long shots. Great, great driver. In my opinion, one of the most underrated drivers in the business. And we're going to uh, talk to him here in just a couple of minutes. Plus, how, Mike, how about Jeff Siddick? Congratulations 
on behalf of all of us here, Post Time with Mike and Mike, to Jeff Siddick, of course, a couple of days ago, just named the full-time announcer at the Meadows, filling some pretty big shoes, obviously, in the, the departure of the voice of Harness Racing, Roger Houston. But I'll tell you what, Jeff's a fantastic race caller, and he is uh, certainly uh, more than uh, more than capable of uh, filling those shoes, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Congratulations go out to Jeff. Uh, he announced uh, he would be retiring from teaching. Uh, he, he's a pretty astute bowler, so we'll have to ask him about that as well. Uh, ask him about his bowling career. I know me and uh, my video guy, uh, Rich Johnston over here, uh, want to know about some of his bowling skills because neither one of us are anywhere close to a 300. So maybe, we'll, maybe he can give us some tips. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to ask him about the the whole bowling thing. And uh, you know, I've got a, a funny story too that I want to share with him because uh, one of the judges here at Darius Philadelphia, Scott Egger, used to be a judge at the Meadows for uh, quite some time, and and uh, he's got a pretty had a pretty funny Jeff Zidick story to share. So uh, we'll uh, we'll get Jeff on the program and uh, we'll talk to him about that particular story. Plus, Steve Oldford's going to be joining us. Uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, the amateur driver thing over the past couple of years has really taken off, and now they've got the amateur driver uh, championship, the cup coming up uh, in uh, February at Pompano, and we're going to talk to Steve Oldford about that, but uh, listen, you know, one of the great things about this sport, Mike, is that it's so accessible, and even you and I, you know, Mike, can be an amateur driver, even we can sit behind a horse and actually participate in a race, and there's not a whole lot of sports, not a whole lot of sports you can do that in. Listen, I've seen you drive on Catch Driver. I don't want you driving anything that even resembles a horse, okay? You made a lot of friends on Catch Driver, by the way, being a hey, judge, le- sir. Le- yeah, let's not, let's not go there, okay? Let's not bring those people up. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got the great show coming up for you. Pat Berry's going to be joining us first. And, of course, Jeff Siddick and Steve Oldford had much, much more. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. We're back in just a moment. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike 
Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Hey, racing fans. We all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Family problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And before we bring in Pat Barry, Mike, the nominations for the 2019 Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards are now open via our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. It's an exciting time of year, and we're looking forward to seeing all the nominations come in. Yeah, no question about it. Like I said, it's one of my favorite times of year. And uh, once again, you know, we don't want to beat a dead horse, so to speak. But please, when you nominate, there's a nomination form right on the website. Uh, please write a little bit of a, it doesn't have to be, a, a, you know, it doesn't have to be a Bible. It's just just a couple of words of why you're nominating that particular person for that particular award. I know it would help out Mike Carter tremendously. <laughs> Very, very much it would help out Mike Carter. So please make sure that you write just a couple of lines about why you're nominating that person for that particular award. But it's a great time of year, Mike. I'm always excited about the post time with Mike and Mike Awards. And and like I said, you've done a great job on the on the Wall of Fame. Please visit that as well for past winners uh, for the uh, post time with Mike and Mike Awards. And uh, tell you what, we've had some fantastic winners, some very deserving winners as well. We're going to bring in Pat Berry here in just a moment, Mike, and uh, you, you got the official number. He's right now at a win, 3,996. Let's bring in Pat. Pat, you're four wins away from 4,000, buddy. How you doing? Good, you? Doing fantastic. Liz, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And, of course, you. I get a chance to see you driving firsthand right here at Harris, Philadelphia, where you, where you primarily drive. But let's go back uh, – earlier in your career i know you did a lot of driving in chicago uh you know back when uh, you were kind of feeling your way around things but tell us a little bit about how you got started in the industry and uh, maybe about some of those chicago days well my family on my mother's side all raced horses um i'm from a town harvard illinois uh there was at that time when i was younger there was a lot of stables around there that raced maywood belmoro quad city downs I never drove there closed before I could get my license, but I started out like Paramount Park. Now, Pat, uh, obviously you're just a few wins away from a milestone victory. And, you know, when you close in on those milestones, is there any added pressure to go ahead and knock that out of the way? Or is it kind of one of those things that you just, you know, you get there and you just keep moving on? 
Well, I just try to keep moving on because I try to do the best with the opportunities I get, and I don't want to start thinking about it and overdriving or trying to put horses in bad spots, just try to get a win. Visiting with driver Pat Berry. Pat, let's talk a little bit about some of the the driving colony that you drive up here against at Harris, Philadelphia, and it is obviously stacked. I mean, you've got Tim Tietrick and Yannick Shingra and Dave Miller, and the list goes on and on. And uh, obviously, you 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 fit into this driving colony well. Uh, but it, 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 as a matter of fact, they even called you the call you the long shot king because uh, you know you, you have a tendency to bring in a lot of long shots. But tell us about how it is driving against this colony. I mean, the very best drivers in the world. You know, I really like it because they all are very good to drive with. I mean, like, if I leave with a bad horse and get parked, it was my fault. But usually they all work together, and it's a good group of guys. that give every horse a good opportunity to win and make as much money for the owners and trainers. Yeah, Pat, you, you drive on different size racetracks, uh, whether it be five-eighths, a mile, or a half. And, you know, obviously there are different driving strategies, but what is, you know, what do you look at or what do you kind of strategize for when you go to those different racetracks? Is it all kind of the same or do you have to kind of uh, have a different strategy on each of those sizes? You know, I, I think it's like with the driving colony, like I think Poconos is a very tough track to drive because it's kind of front-end. You got to look at it. For me, I got to look at it like get away the best I can, sit there and try to get a check. And a lot of days it's like that for me at Chester too, but I'll have a couple of horses that I think I can give a good shot to and try to put them on the lead or the two hole. And then half mile racing, you know, you, you want to be close, but you got to have the right horse to leave and get around the track good with. So you're visiting with driver Pat Berry, and Pat, that's actually going to lead pretty well into my next question because you do a majority of your driving right here at Harris, Philadelphia. What, in your opinion, makes Harris, Philadelphia a bit of a different beast than maybe some of the other 5-8 tracks that you drove at? Um, well, there's a lot of good horses that come to Chester and good trainers and the good drivers. All You know, with it being close to New Jersey, you get to see a lot of good horses. Um, when they fit the right classes at Chester, and I, I, I like racing at Chester. Yeah, it's, it's it's certainly a unique setup. I mean, for those of you that have never actually been live here on track at Harris, Philadelphia, it's pretty interesting. I mean, we're pretty much on the Delaware River. Actually, have a bridge that goes over the river, so it's certainly a unique setup. But Pat, let's talk about maybe you going forward. What's a race that or two that you would really like to win or participate in before you call it a career? Oh, there's a lot of them you'd like to. Meadowlands Pace, the Hamiltonian. But if it happens, it happens. Otherwise, I'm just happy with the everyday grind I got going now. Sounds good. Well, Pat, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Uh, you're in action at Harris, Philadelphia today, correct? Yeah, I'm trying to make qualifiers now, and then I'll be there all day. All right, my friend. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck today and going forward. Need it. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. That was driver Pat Barry. And I'll tell you, Mike, one of the one you talk about underrated drivers. And I know, you know, especially from our point of view, from a couple of people that like to like to, you know, wager a couple of bucks every now and again, <laughs> you know, you look for some of them underrated drivers, because let's be honest, guys like Tim Tietrick, George Napolitano, Yannick Shingra, 
you know, Aaron Merriman back in your parts, uh, Dave Pallone. I mean, these guys are going to get more times than not decimated at the windows. So if you seek value, a lot of times it's got to be a driver, a good driver like a Pat Berry that flies under the radar. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, if you're paying attention to guys like, um, you know, the Marcus Millers and the Pat Berries and some of these younger guys who are kind of coming up in the game, you know, um, that have a lot of experience, you can bring home some 30, 40, 50 to one shots. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Pat has done an outstanding job of, uh, you know, driving 30, 40, 50 to one shots and uh, getting them home. And I'll tell you what, it's, you know, it's, this is kind of, an interesting thing because, you know, with as deep as the driving colony is here at Harris, Philadelphia, okay, obviously a driver like Pat Berry is going to, you know, get a lot of these 30, 40, 50 to one shots to drive. And then yep. when, you know, you're on a favorite and obviously, you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to drive a favorite or a horse that's low odds more aggressively than you drive a horse that's high odds. Sometimes that could, that could be tough to make that adjustment. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, it, it all comes down to strategy, you know what I mean, and how you look at the program and things of that sort. And, you know, if there are tens of thousands of handicapping angles. I think you use some sort of point system um, when you handicap. I mean, there's just t- tens of thousands of ways to look at a race. And, you know, there's no right way and there's no wrong way. That's right. And what's 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 the matter at the end of the day? If you have a pocket full of cash, right? That's, that's right. As long as you've got a positive ROI, that's... you're in good shape. Hey, it doesn't matter how you get there. It just matters that you do get there. Listen, we got lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. I'm so excited, Mike, to have Jeff Siddick on the program because, uh, oh, yeah. you know, he is going to – he's taking over for Roger Houston. And that, that Mike, that has to be – now, I took over at Hazel Park for Jack Riggs back in 2004. <laughs> and Jack Riggs was the announcer there for 50 years. 50 wow. years. Holy and um, what was that like? Yeah, and well, it was interesting. I mean, and especially the clash of the styles because Jack was a very conservative announcer, and here comes this kid out of nowhere that is the polar opposite. Okay, <laughs> and you know, and, and of course, you know, trying to make your name in the, in the industry. So, like, you, you, you're trying to make everybody sound like the the uh you know the Kentucky Derby or the Hamiltonian or whatever and it was uh it was quite an adjustment more so for the fans at Hazel Park than for me because <laughs> but but I'll tell you what it was uh it, it was it was interesting you know it was it was really interesting and you know it it kind of don't sink in you know when you're up there announcing a race that wow you know you are replacing somebody that was here you know for 50 years so you know i mean I certainly understand where Jeff's coming from. It's it's, but you know what? Once you turn the mic on, Mike, and 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 he's announced plenty of races, so it's not like he's he he's not like me in a sense that I was brand new to it. At that, I mean, Jeff's got plenty of experience announcing races, but um, when you turn the mic on, I think that kind of all goes by the wayside, and you just you know you be you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, there's a lot of different techniques, uh, so to speak, that you can use as an announcer. And one that I've learned, uh, you know, over the past year or so is to take three or four deep breaths uh, before I turn the mic on. And it just kind of opens your lungs up a little bit and allows you to, you know, be able to breathe during the race call. There's There's been a lot of times, and for those of you who listen to me call races, uh, you know, there's been a lot of times where you hear me run out of air, um, 
you know, by the three quarter pole and it's, you know, not, you know, you're, you're talking for two minutes straight. It's, <laughs> it gets to be a little bit difficult. And so, you know, if you take those couple of deep breaths and, you know, some of those tips from some of the bigger guys like Pete Ilo and Jason Beam and Travis Stone and those guys, you know, those tips really, truly help. Yeah. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. So we're going to have Jeff Siddick on the program here coming up in just a couple of minutes. Plus, Steve Holtzford will be joining us as well. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Harness Racing is back at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment with the post time of 7.15. Join in on our popular guaranteed pools. The pick five starts in race one with a $25,000 guaranteed pool. And in race eight, the guaranteed $50,000 pick four begins. Kindergarten finals are on Saturday, November 2nd. TVG finals and final four are on Saturday, November 23rd. Visit PlayMetalLands.com for racing and event information. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fans. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by the new voice of the Meadows Racetrack and Casino, Jeff Zidick. Jeff, what's going on? Morning, guys. Uh, happy to be here. Well, Jeff, listen. Before we get into race calling, and I know Rich Johnston is about ten feet away from me listening to the to the show, so so we got to answer the question: How do you bowl a three hundred? Neither one of us could figure it out, and we know you're a pretty good bowler. Well, it took me a lot of years, but uh, no, actually, I had my first one when I was eighteen, and then I uh, got out of the sport for a lot of years, got back into it, and yeah, it's still a lot of work. Um, the the big thing is getting over that nervousness when you start to get up there in nine, ten, eleven strikes. And I had a couple of near misses, and then uh, fortunately was able to get a few here the last uh, last few years that I've had three more. So that, that's uh, that's that's I, I've always wanted to get one, and now I've had four, so I'm pretty happy about that. Well, listen, I hope to get one, let alone four. Okay, <laughs> but uh, hey, anyways, listen, I just want if you can throw one strike, you can throw twelve. There's nothing to it. That, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? Maybe when we come out there for the audios next year, you'll have to take us on a bowling lesson. But uh, listen, you, you've been named the track announcer at the Meadows. And, you know, uh, we were talking uh, a few minutes ago, uh, Mike Bozich obviously had to replace an announcer at Hazel Park who had been there for a lot of years. But what does this uh, announcement mean to you? It's for me. It's it's more about uh, you know a personal journey, I guess you could say, because everything's coming full circle. I started my professional working career when I was in college at the Meadows, and now hopefully I'm going to be able to end my work career at the Meadows. Things kind of coming full circle. You know, a lot of people are, are saying uh, the same thing about uh, you know how do you replace Roger Houston? How do you replace a legend? How do you you know what kind of pressure do you feel? And I guess I don't feel any pressure in that respect because I've worked with Roger for so long and I've done the job. If I had walked into a totally different track, you know, trying to follow somebody that I didn't really know that well and had never had any experience calling races there before, maybe I'd feel a little bit more pressure. Um, or if somebody totally outside of the Meadows was coming in here to take over, maybe they would feel a little more pressure. But as I say, how many times can you walk into a new job, whatever it is, whether it's got it into a racing or not, how many times can you walk into a new job where you already know everybody and already, and, and everybody already knows you, uh, you know, that, that takes a lot of the pressure off. I don't have to go around, uh, and meet people. I don't have to do any of that because I already know everybody and they know me. So I'm not walking into an unfamiliar situation, an unfamiliar booth. I'm not looking at a different angle that I've ever seen before or, you know, just a different view. Uh, and that makes everything much, much easier because I'm just doing the same thing I've done for the last 30 years, except now I'm going to do it every day as opposed to doing it here and there when Roger's not in. Visiting with the new voice of the Meadows, Jeff Siddick, Jeff Mike Bozich here. Uh, and by the way, uh, Scott Egger, who's a judge here, uh, told me to tell you he apologizes for throwing your pizza away uh, a couple of years back, I guess. And he I'm still not buy over that. He's, he's still on my list. I, yeah, okay. I'm not well, he that. did buy you a new one, right? He did. Yeah, I, I give him credit for that. <laughs> Great guy. Anyway. Miss him. Miss him every day. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's certainly a great guy. Certainly a lot of fun to work with. Jeff, let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, how kind of you got started in the sport of harness racing and what made you uh, want to be an announcer. I got started uh, in the sport when I was very, very small. Uh, my grandfather was a gambler. Uh, he used to, this was back long before the days of simulcasting, my grandfather used to take trips up and down the East Coast and he would just go hit every track between here and Hialeah and, and then work his way back up the coast. Uh, and then once a year, we would take a trip to the Meadows. So I remember going there when I was five, six, seven years old, and I loved it. And then, you know, life changes, and my grandfather passed away, and I uh, didn't get down there for a number of years. And when I turned 18, I started working for a, a gentleman who owned horses at the Meadows just for his outside business. And after we'd finished work, some of us would then go down to watch his horses race. And I, was, uh, I had just turned 18. And I kind of I kind of rekindled my interest in the sport. At the time, I was a communication major in college, and I needed an internship. So I sent a letter to Roger Houston, asking about possibly is there any chance I could get an internship in the summer of what was the next year, the summer of '88. And so this was October of '87. Roger called me up the next day and told me he had an opening for a PA announcer. Back in the late '80s, the Meadows, the TV show. Uh, Roger mainly was just hosting the TV show and calling the race. If you were on track at the time, you only heard Roger call the race. You didn't hear Roger do anything else because they had an in-house PA announcer that would do the order finish and the post parades and any in-house announcements and minutes to post all of that. 
And so they had an opening on a Sunday night. The reason the job had opened up on Sunday night was because the guy who had been doing it once a week was leaving to go back to New York, and you guys know him very well. That's Peter Kleinhand. And so oh, he yeah. was leaving the Meadows. And so I had the opportunity, just the timing of my letter happened to be about a week after Peter announced that he wasn't going to be able to do the Sunday nights anymore. So I started working Sunday nights, and then the person who was doing the other days of the week, she eventually retired. I moved in, and by my senior year in college, I was working every race night as the in-house PA announcer. Uh, and Roger, of course, had then started letting me call races. And uh, around summer of 88, then I also started filling in for him. And I did end up getting my internships, too. I did internships in the summer of 88 and 89. Uh, and everything worked out. Jeff, when you go to the Meadows, and obviously I've been in the announcer's booth there, and you know, obviously every track is different. And one of the good things about – or not good. One of the great things about the Meadows announcer's booth is there's not really a blind spot to be had. Um, but I'm sure there's been some fairs or places that you have been to um, – you know, over the past couple of years that, you know, maybe present their own challenges. What do you, what kind of aspects do you look at when you head into an announcer's booth um, to call races, whether it be at a five eight, a half mile, a mile track, depending on uh, where you're at? Honestly, Mike, nothing. I just uh, walk into the booth and pick up the, the microphone and binoculars if I need them and, and go. Uh, I've never overthought anything. Um, I know a lot of announcers will do the color coding, uh, will do a lot of prep work. I don't. Uh, I never have. I don't memorize horses. I just grab a program and, and go. Uh, I've always done it that way. Um, I, it's kind of the same philosophy I've taken with all of my other jobs. I have built my professional life around not taking myself or any job I do overly seriously. I do my jobs well, I feel, uh, whatever it is that I'm doing. Uh, but I don't overanalyze anything, I guess, is the, is the best way to put it. So I'll walk into a place, if there's a blind spot, okay, well, I'll deal with it. If there's perfect vision, great. If there isn't, great. Um, you know, and, and I've never gotten worked up over anything like that when I go to a fair for the first time and I can't see half the first turn. It's like, okay, well, we'll just make something up here as they go and hope that they're still in that order as they come out of that blind spot. Uh, but, again, it's just something I've never gotten myself overly worked up about. You, you know what we need to do then? I need to put you in contact with our friend Pete Aiello and send you down to Gulfstream West uh, for a day. Uh, <laughs> they, they, I've, I've been in some crazy, I've been in some crazy announcers booths, but the uh, but the storage crate is definitely one. You got to stand on toad paper to uh, be tall enough to see over the hedges. It's a, it's definitely a different spot, that's for sure. I tried calling thoroughbred races one time in my life. I got asked to go fill in at Thistle Down, and. Boy, that was not fun. Um, I just the, the vantage point was fine. Uh, didn't realize until I tried to do sort of business. It's been 20 years since I did that. Uh, how difficult it is when you have jockeys wearing different colors every race, and then also just the fact that you don't have those wheels as a buffer zone to keep the horses from being completely side by side. When you get into a situation where you've got two horses side by side or four horses side by side, uh, and you can't see the numbers. Uh, boy, that was that was a, a tough day for me that one time I tried to call Thorbred. So that's the one time in, in life that I just did not have any fun calling races. Visiting with the new voice of the Meadows, Jeff Siddick. Now, Jeff, have uh, since you've accepted the job, have you, uh, have you talked to Roger? Has Roger kind of given you any words of wisdom, so to speak? I've, I have talked to Roger, and no, he really didn't, but he didn't need to because he's given me words of wisdom for the last 32 years. You know, I, I first worked with him in 87. Uh, you know, Roger and I have, have 
you know, he started out as my mentor and my boss, and we became friends over the years. And we just had, you know, we're able to work seamlessly through things. You know, he helped me out, give me pointers when I was young. But the biggest thing Roger did for my announcing was just give me a chance. Um, you know, I, I used to teach public speaking and uh, at the collegiate level. And um, the best way I can describe it with race calling is it's similar to public speaking. And the best quote I ever heard about public speaking is the difference between a good public speaker and a great public speaker is about 10,000 speeches. Uh, the difference between a, a good race caller and a great race caller is just experience. And Roger gave me that experience. He gave me the opportunity to call a lot of races over the last 30 years. And that is what you need. It, it's not, you know, yeah, you can give somebody pointers when they're starting out, but once somebody gets kind of set in their routines and, and comes up with their own style, it's just a matter of doing it over and over again. And that's how you get better at it. And Roger gave me that opportunity. Well, Jeff, congratulations uh, on uh, the job at the Meadows. We certainly look forward to your race calls, and we certainly appreciate you joining us here today. No problem. Happy to be here, guys. All right, that was Jeff Siddick. And uh, I'll tell you what, what a, what a great voice Jeff has. I mean, if there, if there isn't a voice that was made for announcing, uh, for play-by-play, uh, for anything, Jeff's got it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, one of the things about Jeff is he's just a great individual uh, all in all. And, uh, you know, he he followed the path sort of like me, uh, you know, with my dad being a gambler and heading to the Meadowlands every week. And, you know, it's one of those things that we weren't necessarily born into the business, but we were able to learn about it uh, through the grapevine. That's right. And I, you know what? I'm exactly in that same category. My dad took me to the racetrack ever since I was little. He was never really, you know, involved in the business from a, a, a horse ownership or training or driving or whatever. But, uh, you know, hey, it all started with a couple of bucks of the windows. And, and <laughs> that's, that's kind of where it started and I made a career out of it. So I finally figured out how to beat the races. <laughs> you work for them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We're going to talk to Steve Oldford, uh, and they've got uh, a big, big thing coming up that we're going to talk about in February at Pompano Park, so you're not going to want to miss it. The Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. I I think we should call it a season, Mike. I I, I like how you put that. It is Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards season, and uh, the nominations are open. You can go to posttimewithmikeandmike.com to uh, begin nominating for seven outstanding categories. You can do that right now as we speak, as you listen to the program. Steve Olford's in the on-deck circle. We've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Bean as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspires. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike are you a harness racing trainer or driver? 
Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. Before we get to uh, Steve Olford and talk some amateur driving, I uh, wanted to uh, talk a little bit about our friends at Winback Farm. And uh, Mike, how about this? Jimmy Freight, the fan sensation. Uh, is uh, going to be new, standing in Ontario in 2020. Jimmy Freight is the richest and fastest son of sports writer, was the O'Brien uh, Award winner for three-year-old called Pacer, and uh, won multiple stakes at ages two, three, and four, stands his first season in 2020. So for more uh, booking information on Jimmy Freight, go to winbackfarm.com. Limited shares are available, so uh, get busy. Go to winbackfarm.com uh, or call them uh, 905-838-2145. Again, that's 905-838-2145. Mike, how about that? Jimmy Freight standing at Winback Farm of Ontario, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of offspring that uh, Jimmy can produce. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, McWicket is standing up there, so lots yep. of great uh, things going on at Winback Farm. Well, we're now going to speak with our man, Steve Oldford. And, Steve, i got to tell you what, uh, the Amateur Driving Championship, the World Amateur Driving Championship, this sounds like the World Series, uh, so to speak, of amateur driving. Talk to us a little bit about uh, how you guys uh, got this event to Pompano Park. Well, thanks for having me, Mike and Mike, and, and we appreciate it. Uh, we were able to uh, bring it to Pompano uh, based on the foundation ideas from Dean Spriggs. This is really his uh, brainchild. Several years ago, we hosted in Florida the International Isle Amateur Event, in which we brought 11 countries in for that event, and it was very, very successful. Uh, and the follow-up to that um, was then Dean's trip to Belgium, which was two years ago, uh, in which he represented the, the, the uh, United States in the World Cup. The World Cup takes place every two years at places all over the world. Um, people like uh, Kelly Walker has been to New Zealand. I represented the United States in Finland several years ago, so it, it's a wonderful event. And while over there, uh, Dean put the plug in for uh, bringing it to Florida. Uh, we had our dry run with the International Isle that went extremely well. And, uh, and we were invited to uh, then host the, the main event, the Amateur World Cup in 2020. Visiting with Steve Oldford, Steve, Mike Bozich here. Uh, Twelve countries are going to be represented at this event. So this is a worldwide thing. Tell us about, uh, and I know this is on the USDA, but maybe uh, if there's any uh, amateur drivers out there listening, tell us uh, maybe how they could be involved and uh, what some of the criteria are to qualify. 
Yeah, they certainly can. Uh, uh, first, th- this is uh, the, sec- the second time, at least since I've been driving, that the World Cup has come to the United States. But it's really the first time that a U.S. representative uh, is being chosen based on an actual driving series. And uh, we're using the driving series to raise money to host the event and also to choose the driver. And we're the uh, Florida Amateur Driving uh, Club, which uh, Dean Spriggs is the president of, uh, races three or four times a week uh, in South Florida at Pompano. And the through the driving series, um, each driver can participate in the uh, series for the entire basically time period, which is December, January, and part of February. And using their 10 best drives, we're gonna take the nine top finalists and have a three race race off. And the winner given points for that three race race off is gonna be the US representative to the Amateur World Cup. It's gonna be very, very exciting event. Um, Should there not be nine participants, uh, we're opening it up kind of like a late closer. So for a $3,000 fee, uh, you can pay in and uh, be one of those participants in the final three races. And this may be an opportunity for the people in the north. If there's a driving club up there that wants to enter somebody in, uh, I, my guess is that there will be a spot or two available, and, and they can drop in and have an opportunity to compete in the World Cup. Now, Steve, let's talk about the amateur driving program for just a minute. How on earth does somebody become an amateur driver? How, how do you get involved with this? Uh, you know, we see more of them popping up around the country, but how do you get involved with that? Well, first of all, you know that there's there are now clubs popping up, uh, as you pointed out, Mike. You know, it's 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 become very popular. You know, Mike Bosich, you know, when he was at Hazel Park, he saw us race there with the Great Lakes Amateur Driving Association races. That is going to rekindle itself this coming Saturday at Northfield Park. Uh, Dave Bianconi asked the amateurs to come. It's a popular event. Uh, you know, the if. I tell people that that want to become an amateur driver, go find yourself a nice, friendly little trotter, uh, go out, jog the thing for a thousand training miles, or excuse me, a thousand jogging miles, train it a hundred times, and if you're comfortable to go behind the car at that particular point, come on out, you're ready to go. If 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 you start tomorrow and you really put the shoulder to the wheel, generally speaking, it takes a, and, and you've never done it before. It takes about a year really to go through the entire process and uh, get licensed and, and make sure that you're comfortable to do it. And feel free to give me a call. I mean, I recruit people all the time to become amateur drivers. If you go to the USTA website under amateur driving, my phone number's there and it rings regularly. And uh, we really enjoy bringing new people into the sport and into the business. And, you know, Stephen, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I believe that one of the strengths and one of the most marketable things that the sport of harness racing has going for it is the accessibility to the action. I mean, you know, listen, let's be honest. I mean, thoroughbred racing is great, but you know what? You're not going to get on the back of a thoroughbred and ride in an amateur, uh, uh, you know, riding event, the racing event or whatever. And, you know, you're just other sports, uh, no matter how popular they are, just aren't as hands-on. I mean, harness racing could really be, you know, whatever you want it to be. And and that's one of the great things I think about this business. Yeah, you you really can. It it can be 
uh, to whatever extent, you know, that you want to, if you just want to jog horses, you know, you can go out and, and, and jog your own and, and sit behind these things every day. Uh, you can take it to whatever level, you know, that you want. You can race with the pros. I mean, we had Joe Panaccio and Kelly Walker in at Pompano last night racing with the pros and uh, they're comfortable and the pros are comfortable with us. And, uh, you know, you're not dropping into every single race, but, uh, uh, you can you can do it at whatever level you want and and there back to what you said there's the the clubs are popping up you know in the midwest we race every racetrack pretty much uh we're racing every week all summer long and then out east you know there there are three clubs out there all of which are uh have done a great job i'm very involved with the billings uh the north american amateur driving uh, association does a fabulous job they run four or five series throughout the course of the year and then the GSY, uh, which is a little bit of a driving club more than uh, amateurs because they've got some crossover people in there, uh, but they, they race every week at the Meadowlands. So it, it, if, if somebody were want to get interested, look those people up and uh, get a hold of them. Uh, I, there's probably not an amateur driver on the planet that doesn't like to talk about horse racing, and they'd be more than happy to guide you through. Steve, one final question before we let you go, and this is something that I've always wondered about uh, these amateur races. It seems like they are primarily trotting events. Is there any particular reason why? Yeah, the main thing is safety, Mike. That that, that really is. Uh, the trotters, I, I think they're a little bit more difficult to drive in, in terms of, you know, you have to keep them on gate and so forth. Um, but uh, but they don't fall down near as much as the pacers do, you know. And, and I've been down three or four times uh, on the track, and every single time it's been with a pacer. You know, the, the, the action is quicker. I mean, they face it, they've got hobbles on their legs. If something gets tangled up, you're going to end up on your nose, whereas the trotters, uh, it, they're, they're, just, they're just safer to, uh, to race overall, and that's really the primary reason. Well, Steve, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us once again. It is the, uh, the Amateur World Cup Championship. It'll be taking place at Pompano Park on February 23rd and 24th. Twelve countries represented. Steve, you guys have done a heck of a job putting this thing together. And once again, if anybody's got any questions uh, about this or maybe you want to get involved, uh, what's the best way to get a, a hold of you or Dan? Well, the, uh, on the USTA release that we put yesterday, both of our emails are at the bottom, and Dean and, and I, uh, uh, both of our phone numbers are listed under Amateur Drivers Driving Clubs on the USTA website, so feel free. All right. Thank you very much, Steve. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much, guys. All right, that was Steve Oldford. And, uh, yeah, once again, that's coming up on February 23rd and 24th at Pompano Park. And, uh, Mike, I think we put the jinx on Pat Berry because in his first qualifier, I just uh, seen him make a gallop right at the word go. So uh, our apologies uh, to Mr. Berry for uh, maybe putting the jinx on him. But uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, hopefully he can have a, a, a better go of it at the, when we get the race in here starting at 1225. Mike, speaking of that, you sent me over uh, – something here and I'd, I'd like to read it i'd like to, to set you up a little bit <laughs> okay. let me get my let me get my messenger back up uh, of course it now it doesn't want to come up but uh, hold on give me a second everybody give me a second now i gotta scroll it's technology you need more than a second let's see all right so just like they did last year and and i had a chance to participate in this last year this is a lot of fun um the meadowland tether promotion called borrow ken's binoculars these are primarily on thursday nights in december where uh, different announcers uh, will be announcing at the Meadowlands. And uh, 
Peter Kleinhans, of course, fantastic announcer. He's going to be there. Actually, he was there. He's going to be there tonight. He's going to be there tonight. Yep, so Peter's tonight. There yep. tonight. Uh, a week from now, it'll be uh, the great, the legendary Larry Letterman. Always look forward to his race calls. And uh, on December 26th, a couple of weeks from that, it'll be Meadowlands regular Dave Little. Uh, enjoy listening to his race calls. Enjoy watching uh, the broadcast with him. Uh, but in between the 12th and the 26th, on December 19th, six days from Christmas, you will be on the mic at the Meadowlands. That's coming up on December 19th. I know you've done baby races there a time or two. <laughs> and I, and, and you've, you've called a, a paramutual race there, right? Or no? I have not. No. So this is it. This is like your first time there. Yeah, this will be the this will be my first crack at it, so to speak. Uh, break my maiden. You're breaking your maiden. So once again, it, it, Mike Card is going to be there on December 19th, calling the races. And uh, Mike, that's got to be a big thrill for you. I mean, I you know I was going through pictures uh, the other day, as a matter of fact, when we we're putting together uh, graphics uh, for the Wall of Fame, and uh, I always come across the picture of you and Sam in uh, in that announcer's booth, and uh, that's got to be something special to you because uh, you know I know how much of an idol and a friend that Sam was to you and to be standing where he was calling races is, is uh, it, it was special to me. I know. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to uh, getting out there and uh, getting to do a little bit of work. Uh, it's always been a dream to call a pair mutual card out at the Meadowlands. And so the opportunity uh, presented itself and uh, we're going to take it. Uh, we're going to head out there and uh, call some races. And uh, I'll also be doing some co-hosting that Friday night, I believe, uh, or doing something with Dave Brower on that Friday. So we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun and uh, it's definitely a dream come true. All right, so that'll be on December 19th. We'll have to take a trip up there, Mike, and uh, maybe heckle you during the first couple of races, throw some tomatoes at you. But uh, that's a cool – you know, I, that's a real, real cool promotion because, uh, you know, listen, I, I love Ken Wharton. I think Ken Wharton's obviously one of the very best in the business, um, you know. But uh, I also, at the same tone, I, I love to hear different voices. I mean, I, I love to hear different styles and – and especially at one particular racetrack, because it's always interesting for me to uh, to to see how different announcers attack, you know, the same venue, especially like like the Meadowlands. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, you know, it's just one of those things that you know, it, it's you know, like I was talking to Jeff about earlier. You know, each track presents its own. Um, presents its own challenges. And one thing about the Meadowlands, there's a, that's another racetrack with a blind spot that is not to be had. Um, you've yeah. got TVs in every corner just about. So it, it's really, really difficult to get lost. And, uh, you know, you head to the Meadowlands. And when I was calling baby races for the first time a couple of years ago, uh, you were there and I was boy, was I nervous to call, you know, even, even just the babies. And, you know, once you really settle into a rhythm and, you know, get used to the surroundings, uh, you know, it's pretty much a piece of cake from there. And I will tell you what, calling the baby races at the Meadowlands is very, very tough simply because of the preparation that you have to do. And it's, you know, and when you're calling, here's the, here's the way I look at it, Mike, if you can call baby races there, with all the preparation and try to add those tidbits in during the race <laughs> as far as breeding and how much they cost to the sale and you know what the what the uh, what the dam has accomplished and this and that who who the source may be a brother full brother half brother half sister whatever if you can do that the paramutuals are a piece of cake my friend 
a piece of well, cake. Well, listen, you know, you know, it's one of those situations that uh, you know you have to approach each situation differently. And so yeah. uh, you're right; it should be cake with ice cream. <laughs> with ice cream on top. How nervous are you going to be? Um, I, you know, the the hardest part for me, at least at first, will be the on, the the opening on camera scene. Uh, I think will be the will be the most uh, difficult at first. But once we get past that, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, and the, and the, and the TV people there are top notch. So, but believe me, they walk, they babble you through it. I mean, when I went through, they they had a they put a pacifier in my mouth and uh, and you know burped me and everything else. I mean, they really they really walk you through it. It's uh, they're they're a tremendous crew. Mike, wrap things up, my friend. Once again, maybe before we go, is I'll start the show close. Uh, once again, tell people how they could get involved with the post time of Mike and Mike Awards one more time. Yeah, nominations are open via our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. The release was sent to all the major uh, news outlets uh, a little while ago. So please submit your nominations, submit some bios with those nominations, and they close on Monday, December 3rd. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday, first post of 1030. Good night, everybody. Closing time, turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time, one last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time, you don't have to go home, but you can. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.